0: This is Music Mentality with Angie. Hey and welcome back! My name is Angie and today we learn all about being fearless. Nick, also known as MNYS, is today's guest and he shares exactly how starting from the bottom has shaped his journey to rising to the top. Music is often about us, but in Nick's case it can also be about those around us as he demonstrates to us with his ability to share other people's stories through the art. The music industry requires not just one skill, it requires many, including the courage to reach out and keep trying again and again, despite knowing that you may not always succeed, which, by the way, the idea of trying again and again, when do you rest in between those moments? Rest is really important, and when we get into momentum, rest isn't usually the first thing on our minds, although it should be. You can find his music on all streaming platforms by searching his name, MNYS. Enjoy! Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, Nick. So first of all, MNYS. I mean, that's like surface level. I would love to find out why you go by MNYS. Where did that name come from? Is it an acronym? It?
2: Yeah, so it is an acronym. Um, years ago, I had a um, MySpace pop acoustic project called My New York Summer, and, um, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of learning how to record and like trying to make friends with bands and all that kind of stuff. And um, I kind of tabled it when I started writing and producing for other people. Um, and then really just two years ago when I launched the project, I had no intentions for anything really. And I was like, I'm just going to use the acronym MNYS just to sort of pay homage to myself. So that's kind of where it comes from.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, that's really cool. So why did you decide to, you know, produce and work for other people rather than plunging into creating your own music for yourself and putting that out?
2: Well, I felt like um, I was able to add value in other ways. Um, At the time, I was um, working as like a graphic designer. I was doing lyric videos for a ton of bands. um, And I just felt like I never really knew what I wanted to say I was just kind of making songs just to make them um but channeling someone else's story has always been so like I've been very passionate about just like being able to like convey or communicate what someone else wants to say through their music um and I did that and that was really fun I still do that and I will never not do that um, but then <laughs> there comes the other end of it where it's like um sometimes you're in sessions and not everyone necessarily wants to say anything meaningful they just kind of want to hang out and that's where the artist project came back to life
0: yeah that's really interesting you know wanting to communicate other people's thoughts I mean I feel like in music we always hear artists talking about how they're trying to express their own thoughts and put that into paper put that into music but to have the desire to you know help other people put their thoughts into words into lyrics into music, that's really interesting. I don't think I've actually heard that take done before. So that's really cool. Good on you. <laughs>
2: Thanks.
0: So, Do you prefer working with other people then, or do you prefer being a soloist? I think it's mixed. Um, I think for
2: anything creative, collaboration is always at the top of the list of, um, I feel like what people should be doing because that's what the best, um, that's what best will come out of it, I guess. But, um, Yeah, for my stuff, it's mostly been my personal story. It's all of that is only my personal story. Um, And then when it comes to other people, it just depends on where they're trying to go. Everyone has their limitations within production. Like, I'm not the best guitarist in the world. Sometimes we bring someone else in. Sometimes, you know, I'm not fit for a specific genre, let's say, um, like hip hop per se. Like, I'm not going to be the one spitting bars. So I'll sit, take a back seat on that. Maybe just hop on the computer, do more production stuff. And I don't know, it's like a very loose sort of um, way of thinking. I think when I, when I'm just creating.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting that we live in an era where, you know, we can rely so much on our computers to create music and to create art. And I know a lot of artists, they know instruments beforehand. I know, you know, a few instruments, like you said, but, knowing that production comes a lot from the laptop, do you think it's possible to evolve as an artist only knowing how to produce with your laptop?
2: Yes, I think um, there's, I'm, I, that's something I kind of been thinking about too, where um, there's a whole new subset of music that is coming out. Obviously the hyper pop stuff, it's, very, it's a very general word to say at this point, but seeing kids literally 17, 18 years old, just throw on the laptop, straight up microphone sing into the, <laughs> into auto tune. And I don't know, it's, I, I think anyone who's like cultivating a community and people are clearly resonating with it, then it's inevitable that to say like, oh, this, like one of my biggest pet peeves is like when someone is like, that song sucks or that artist sucks. If something clearly is resonating for a group of people, <laughs> um, you can't just negate that, you know?
0: Yes, that's honestly. <laughs> I feel you so hard on that pet peeve because it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And honestly, I you know I work with a lot of artists. I work in the music industry, and I I do hear it on a daily basis where other musicians will put down other musicians, and they'll say, you know, that's a crappy song, or their vocals are bad, or that lyric is bad, or whatever. But like, music is so subjective. Maybe it's like maybe it's not your thing. That's totally fine. Like I I don't really. You know, sometimes I don't really listen to all genres of music. I do appreciate all of them. But like to right. say that, you know, a specific genre, a specific song or artist is blanket statement bad. That's just that's so mean. Like, I, I don't think anyone wants to hear that about themselves because it's so subjective.
2: 100%. 100%. I think um that's something that I definitely when I was younger would kind of think. You know, I, I think coming from the pop punk scene specifically too, there's like this such a elitist way of thinking of what pop, especially now how the resurgence has come, and like
1: mm-hmm. just
2: I, it's funny to kind of take a step back and see how bands sort of like deal with like the the newer stuff that's coming up. And like you said, it's like there are kids that have never heard any of these um, legacy bands ever, and they're growing up on the MGKs, you know, and that's what, like, it's going to be interesting to see in the next 10 years, what's going to, what, what their, what their music is going to sound like growing up on that, like the current thing. I don't know. It's it's very, I'm just always like,
0: I totally agree. (laughs) Like I (laughs) honestly, it's come to a point where sometimes like, I almost feel like I love pop punk. Oh my God. I say this too often. My favorite artists, Youngblood, Machine Gun Kelly. Like I do love all of these artists so much. I love, old pop punk as well so like to sit in a group of people where they're like oh you know like the new stuff sucks it's not the same anymore well like I mean I guess that's your opinion and all but you know music is changing music is evolving everything is constantly changing and evolving and if it's not then eventually it'll be stagnant and it's not going to be as legendary anymore it's not going to be as great anymore so to sit here and say the new stuff is shitty I mean that's shitty. (laughs) 100%.
2: I totally agree. Like, I think, again, like anyone crushing it. I'm just a fan of Um, I don't, I think, uh, and if they're, you know, I've said if they're a nice person, that's like key.
0: (laughs) Mm, Yes, I agree. And, you know, going into the music industry, it's really hit or miss, you know, 50% of the people I meet are like, so nice, so nice, so willing to help. They want to see other people succeed. And then you meet other people who I think, are a little bit lost and you know they don't want that same success for other people and they'll put other people down they'll comment crappy things on their tiktoks and their instagrams and it's like I think that the arts industry that the music community is such a free space it's like you can be whoever you want in it that's the beauty of art there's no universal formula there's no one way to get somewhere you don't have to be anyone to be successful you just have to be yourself right. And give the space to other people to be themselves and, you know, be nice about it. Don't put other people down for the sake of lifting yourself up. But I think that it is a challenging industry and it's really easy to lose yourself. So in the moments where you have to keep defending yourself and again, like being an artist, the more successful quote unquote you get, the less of a human you become, the more defensive you become. And honestly, a lot of the times because you're so defensive and you have a shield up, the meaner you might seem because you're trying to defend yourself. That's a scary part about the arts community.
2: You hit it right on the head. Um, Like you said, the being yourself, I think a lot of people um, have that shield up and they think that, or they try to put other people down in the idea that they're putting themselves up, but reality, Mm -hmm. pushing themselves down and blocking out, sabotaging their own like opportunities that can happen. um um, it's also like just an imaginary game you know like the music the arts game right everyone thinks like there's like this hierarchy of of um networking you have to do or something like that but the reality is like if you just like if you're not if you don't compare yourself to any of that kind of stuff because most of it is smoke and mirrors then you understand that everyone is this like and they're all going through their own things and they're all like you know I always say it's like if you're, if you're, um, if you're jealous or you're envious of someone else's life, you have to be willing to change every part of your life for their life and then understand whether or not you're still jealous. Right. Because you can't just, you can't just take the highlight reel and be like, Oh, I need like, it's like, no, it's not how life is.
0: And especially in like such an age of social media, I mean, we hear it all the time, it's such a cliche, not everything you see is real, you know, Photoshop, editing, whatever, like that's not the reality, you don't really ever know someone, but it's true, you never really know someone, you don't know what it takes to get to where they are, so I mean, I do understand jealousy and envy, that's a very, very common feeling, I'd be lying if I said I never felt it myself, of course I felt jealous and envious, that being said, you know, I I remember talking to this one person who said, um, They don't want to leave their job because and work a better job because they don't want to be around more successful people because it would make them feel shitty about themselves. And like, that's an interesting mindset because I feel like when you're starting to experience feelings of jealousy and envy, it might just mean that you're stopping yourself from being inspired by the people around you. Because I mean, when you're in a room full of seemingly successful people, it's so easy to get advice, it's so easy to lift yourself up by just talking with them, engaging at their story, seeing where they come from and being inspired by them rather than being like, oh, they're successful. Therefore, I'm not therefore I'll never be. Therefore, I don't want to be in the same room as them, which is I mean, it's a painful process. (laughs) It
2: is. I, I, I totally agree. And I also would say that, like, I think that the most successful people, at least so far that I've met, are more than willing to give you like help or like advice and the ones that are with the egos are truly just like hurting somewhere else in their life and it might just like look like they're crushing it on on paper or whatever but um um, that's at least been my experience so far in inside and outside of the music industry i would say because before music i've had literally every job under the sun (laughs) so just dealing with all walks of life um (laughs) did you know
0: you always wanted to go into music though
2: yeah I've always known I just didn't know what to do like when I first started I truly had had zero connections zero anything like and I grew up poor so it was just like a double challenge for me um the only thing that I knew I wanted to do was write songs so that was kind of like my way in um was to like be a studio rat and like hang around and just be like oh I'll help you write songs and I knew how to record myself because I'd been doing that for my artist project so if anyone needed you know, like recording or anything like that, I'd always be down to like help. But at the same time, I was working jobs full time, worked at Starbucks at at like every job you can name, like name (laughs) I've had. In doing that, you just, you're around what I consider real people. Like there are people that are going through real life shit. And I think the lack of that, if you're unable to ever relate to, like, if you can't just um, be around people that are going through real life shit. And you're just in this fantasy world of LA, let's say <laughs> like, you're going to think you're just going to start thinking that this is real life and it's totally not. It would be very, very, very unhappy.
0: A uh, little Truman show thing. <laughs> do know if you know the Truman show or not. Love Truman show. Love the Truman show. Yeah, the Truman show. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's really important to experience all walks of life. Um, that being said, like I mentioned earlier, the entertainment industry, so competitive, so difficult to get into. It's networking, networking, connection building, you know, meeting people, working with people, finding out things about yourself, evolving yourself. It's a difficult process. So, um, you said, you mentioned that you grew up poor and you worked every single job, essentially two questions did, you know, you, did your financial situation ever hinder, um, you achieving your dreams and, Um, let's just start off with that one more question for now. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, I would say 1000% it did. But the thing that was like kind of um, the blessing was that it taught me I'd be so resourceful and learn everything myself. So from the recording to literally graphic design to all of the things that every artist um, typically has like another team do or like, um, I learned myself and those skill sets, which I always said to music industry is something that Everyone wants to be in, and it's get you get paid the least. Like, let's be honest, you're working literally if you're working in LA, but you're getting, you're probably getting a shit pay like immediately off the bat. And but those skill sets as artists or musicians that you learn, um, if you're able to apply it to any other business, like real estate, for example, you're good. Like, you'll be good in terms of salary, right? If we're just talking salary, and literally, that's exactly what I did. I worked, I like, I basically took those skill sets and I applied it to. I was working for like a real estate for my initial like first job, but I just like did their graphic design and they treated you so well. And it was like a normal job. And it was like, Oh, I didn't, I don't have to worry about the stresses that come with <laughs> the music industry or trying to impress anyone. Cause I don't really care. I don't really want to be here forever. So it was kind of a.
0: That's really yeah, true. <laughs> That's true. And I have mentioned it a few times before in other interviews, but like when you you know, a lot of people do want to pursue their passions full-time. I'm that person. I don't want to work eight hours a day at a job I don't really like. That being said, the flip side of it is that someone who is working a nine-to-five that's menial, you know, they're just working a whatever job, and then they come home and dedicate those few hours of the day to their passions, they're they're not any less successful. That is still pursuing your passions. It's just a different way of pursuing your passions, which- 100%. I was just honestly, that's something that I just learned because I've always been told, pursue your dreams, pursue your passions. You know, you never want to work a job that you don't want. But at the same time, you know, what's wrong with that, too? So it's really interesting. There is nothing
2: wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. And I encourage you, I tell every, especially new artist, any new creative. You can't compare like some people are just truly born different like, right, tears, right? Like, mm-hmm. some people are born rich, some people, and like, it doesn't matter. If you take all of that shit away, what are you going to spend your time doing? And it's like, we're all, and that, that's how I think about it. It's like some, I know right now, there's like a 16-year-old kid living in a mansion, but he has the entire studio, but he doesn't even know how to record himself, right? So it's like, wow. I can't, it's like, those are the things I think about. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you, you have to do what you have to do to pay the bills and turn what you truly think at least it was initially a side hustle until you're a full-time job, you know? And that's that's just what it is. And it's going to build so much character and it's going to weed out all of the pretenders who say they want to do it because if you're spending all of those waking moments in truly doing it, it's just going to eventually, the tides will turn and it's like those people will end up wanting, they'll just like, they're not as driven, you know? They'll just <laughs> even, I don't know how to, how to explain that.
0: No, I mean, I, that's really inspiring to hear. Because my next question was, you know, working all these different jobs while trying to pursue music, have you ever been discouraged, especially for me, for example, I want to pursue music, but finding a job is so difficult so I'm always like battling like this moral dilemma, do I get a coffee shop job, um, and then pursue whatever I want on the side or do I dedicate all this extra time to you know, finding a job within that industry. So I have a foot in the door while doing my things on the side. So like, that's just like this constant moral dilemma. And it's so easy to get discouraged by it, especially this is why you get discouraged, but especially when you see your friends and the people around you, you know, working in their fields, working good, great full-time jobs with benefits, jobs that they actually do like jobs that they want to make into careers. And it's like, that's the thing about the music industry it's not the same as every other industry it's different and it's it it looks it looks quote unquote worse because you know you might have to be a waitress or a waiter you might have to work at a coffee shop you might have to work in retail and it doesn't look again I don't believe this but some I know Mm -hmm. it's like a common sentiment it doesn't feel as real as those people who do have their full-time jobs in their industry already you know
2: hundred percent I literally talk about this with every artist I think like the perks of the music industry is what they try to sell you on really right it's like oh we get to go with the show for free it's like <laughs> it's just like a it's really interesting but I think like um yeah a hundred percent have been discouraged I get discouraged every day now I think um and I that that feeling I don't think will ever stop right it's like you know when I was 17, all I ever wanted to do was sign a record deal, that was it. And I'd be like, I made it. And then like, you'd realize that when that happens, there's so much other more work that you have to do to it. And it's like to stay on the label, like, right. It's like that fear of like, oh, like this funding can be taken away or whatever. I'll get passed up on tours. I'll get passed up on features or things like that every day. And even it's like, even when I try to leverage, like the fact that I have written songs for people, um it's sometimes not even looked at as a I have to just stop like thinking about it as like a I just gotta work with the people that are already here and expand with them versus like trying to get in with Drake, right? Everyone wants to work with Drake. He has his crew already, he has his, um but sorry, going going back to uh the working a job and working in music, um the last um the kind of thing that made me realize how nonsensical all of it was, was that I had been producing music on the side and I've been working full time at a startup at this point. Um, and, uh, a song basically that I had written was taken from me and given basically to the biggest artist in the world while I was working a, full-time job, really could have used getting a publishing deal at that time. I didn't want to work there and all that kind of stuff. And what I say is like, I'm happy that anyone who has finds their dream job, like if they think it's their dream job, but there's something different about like knowing exactly what you want to do and it's not paying the bills yet and putting all of that time and energy into that, 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 I think those people will never understand if they haven't found that yet um, within themselves. So um, after that happened to me, I thought that could have changed my life pretty much. Um, and we gotta get lawyers involved, all of this sort of thing. <laughs> and I was like, wow, all of this is just such, bullshit. like that's the vulture game that we're in. We're in this like cutthroat, like people competing for stupid thing. I don't know. Um, I don't know what my point of basically saying that to you was, but it was basically like, I get discouraged. Like, even when I'm working a job that I, in my head, is like, oh, I'm on a salary. I'm still getting discouraged by the music industry because I'm working a job mm-hmm. and I'm still getting discouraged by people in the music industry that I know <laughs> taking something from me that I had made. So it's like mm. nonstop. So it's like, you kind of just like, I don't know, ignore it or just like, I don't
0: know. No, it's, I mean, I wish you could just ignore it, but that's really difficult because, you know, when people take your work just because they can, that's not fair for anyone. That's not even fair for them. I mean, like, that's just shitty. That's a shitty feeling. I, I think that's a difficult feeling to ignore, especially because you want to be in the music industry and to know that people can just do that. And you probably, I can only assume you probably don't want to do that to other people. So To think that, hey, like, are you gonna have to do that if you reach a certain point of success? That's also a scary thought because you don't wanna have to do that to other people. And like, I always say this, (sighs) never overlook the little guys because the little guys can make it so far. They have so much to share, not that you're a little guy by any means, but like just generally (laughs) in the music industry, like, well, you're always growing and people have so much knowledge to share, so many things to bring to the table. To the point where other people can feel the need to be like, oh, well, that little guy's smart, but, he, you know, he, she, they are a little person, so I'm going to take whatever I want from them because I can. That's shitty. That sucks. I, and that's what I, sucks about the music industry.
2: And I, yeah, I, I, and um, I agree, like, it was a shitty feeling. It is a shitty feeling to have. But I changed my mindset about it thinking I'm flattered.
1: Mm-hmm, I know yeah. I'm
2: dope. I know I'm dope. I know that like, yeah, there's an insecurity in you that you needed to do that. And like, once you start thinking in that way, at least for me, it was like, Oh, all right. Like, I just got to continue. Like everyone's path is different, right? Maybe they found success a little earlier on for me, from like, than me and like, were able to sort of be in a position to give this song to a big artist or whatever. So whatever. So I, I just started to change the way I think about situations like that. It was like, it's not, if I'm, if I'm being the most genuine, truthful person that I know that I am being, and I'm telling, and I'm speaking that into existence, and something like that happens, so it's not me. It's not, you know, it's like, I know, we know the truth. Both of us know the truth. It's like, when it gets down to the bottom of it, what's going to come out? And time always will tell the side of the story, you know, it's not going to (laughs) be so.
0: So did you, um, you know, when this happened, was it something that, I'm just like i don't know if i can ask this but i will anyways and you can not answer if it's like a legality thing but um was it stolen or did you want to work with them and you didn't get the credit or how what happened there
2: i'd been working with this artist for years um and his first video that blew up like um i reached out immediately and we'd worked over the internet um for a while and um yeah i definitely wanted a placement with him initially and then he signed to the same management company as um, an A-list pop star. And basically, every quarter, I would send beat packs to um, artists like rappers. I would just send like, here's an idea, is like just rap on it or whatever. And send one in 2018 to him directly. Two years later, that A-list pop star releases the song. Well instrumental basically reproduced in the same exact sort of um uh template i guess or like format with with the artist i had been wanting to work with as a feature so it was like almost like a no-brainer it's like dude that's been sitting in your email for two years um so but i'm at this point i'm completely over it because <laughs> um number one like i couldn't at that time and still now i wouldn't be able to afford to sue for a song that was not a hit song but it would have looked really good on the resume Mm -hmm. Um, because shortly after that my actually biggest placement ended up happening my publishing deal ended up happening all of these other things started happening for me where it's like I know one day I'll run into that artist especially being in LA and I'll be like bro it's good like (laughs) like you're just gonna have I don't know that's kind of how I think about it it was I was sort of blessed in other ways
0: yeah Yeah. so do you believe that everything happens for a reason then
2: I do I think it's like a I mean it's I feel like definitely a cliche um to say but I think that even the idea of karma or just like thing good returns bad return I think everything in life is just compound interest so whatever you're working towards whether that's relationships whether that's finances anything is always just going to accumulate over time um so um in essence that wouldn't mean that everything does happen for a reason but it's because you worked at doing it or like
1: yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely but beyond this pro, uh, this situation that you ran into even though in the long run you know it seems like things definitely did work out um it's difficult because I guess you never really know anyone like you never really know someone because you know you could be working with them for a couple of years and it's Difficult because the music industry, like I said, can sometimes be very selfish and selfishness could mean not only putting down strangers, but putting down your friends. And that is so wrong, in my opinion, which makes it even more difficult to make friends, to find people that you can trust, to, you know, open up to them, to even share your work or collaborate with them. And that's an anxiety of its own. Right.
2: Right um work with your friends that's what i said <laughs> like it doesn't matter when money amplifies how someone's amp- like personality is going to be um so if you don't know them well enough when a when a bag drops onto the table it's going to just show like mm-hmm. who's in it for the right reasons, wrong reasons and also you can't treat people like that forever mm-hmm. at some point you'll under like at some point you'll ruin enough bridges or whatever to sort of understand that and um, but one of the biggest things that's so underrated and just the networking aspect of the music industry is to be working with people that you just really think are talented mm-hmm. or you really think are hustling because they're going to keep you grounded they're also probably working jobs and job, like they're going to work so much harder um I don't know I just always say work with your friends because it's a I don't know. I, I, cause I've been the producer that has been left behind in quotes, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, these guys blow up and like, don't ever work with me again. Um, and I never want to ever treat anyone like that because I know how horrible that feels, but then at the same time, it's like, as I sort of like navigated this industry, I've seen those same people quit music or like not <laughs> it's because you can't keep doing that and like have a sustainable career.
0: Absolutely. So you know, sometimes it sounds like the music industry can be really lonely, um, unless you work with your friends, of course, but doesn't that make making friends really difficult?
2: 100%. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I've, I've, the only people that I consider truly like my friends here, um, well, one is my fiance, and then there's a duo um, out here um, called Bygone, and they they, five years ago, I cold emailed them and we did our first session in LA and we still work to this day. Like they now they have an artist project and they, they opened up my EP release show. It's like, those are the sorts of things that I try to um, instill in the people around me because I don't really care about the, the ladder game that everyone's playing.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that actually perfectly brings me to my next question. So the higher you get on the ladder, the less of a human you become the more money you might get the more fame you might get um do you think at a certain point all these you know artists who did start at the bottom who did start not all of them obviously but the artists that did start at the bottom and made their way to the top do you think that um they're still in the music industry and creating music because they love music or at that point is it because that is what they're told to do that is that is their life now
2: I think it's just a case by case, like, um, and also how much of, how much does that person know who they are? I think that is like where things get sort of like distorted is like, if you just know who you are before any of it, it's probably not going to affect you in the same ways that it would if you just you know, went crazy viral on TikTok at 18 years old. And then Mm -hmm. now all the labels are like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's just different, um, everyone is different. So I can't, I can't speak on it, to be honest. Um, I can only just speak on like, for my part is like, I, it's, it's been a process, still a process and like learning who I am and like what triggers me and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think that I'm glad that anything started happening way after I had real life experience, not just, you know, hit the hit the lottery. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like even the slow progression, building your way up and having to go through so many different jobs, you know, meeting so many different people, trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing, I think that like you said earlier, that really does build character because you you're clearly so resilient, you know, you you fall down, you get back up, and you keep trying again because you do love this industry. Um, so, with that, what is a milestone that you're most proud of in this industry?
2: Wow, that's such a great question. I think um, you know, I think my most of my, I guess, in the industry you yes, asked specifically, um, would be just being able to put a project together that I actually um, feel it was for the first time I put a collection of songs that I can consider cohesive and put it out in the world but I think outside of like to me it's more so outside the industry if you want me to be honest I think like growing up where I did no one is able to like get out of that and um not no one but a lot of people aren't and I ended up getting my college degree which was such a big deal for me um because I had to like pay for it out of pocket and none of my parents, like, my parents, none of my family went to college and all that, and really, the only reason I ever did go was because of my mom, really, because, like, I know how hard she worked, how many jobs she worked just to support us, Um, so those are the things that, like, matter way more to me than anything that could ever happen in the music industry. I always say this, music industry, anything is just a luxury at this point compared to how I grew up, like, Mm -hmm. so I don't really take it as serious as, like, um, being there for my brother's birthday or things like that, yeah. which I think are really important. Um, the fact that my brother moved here to LA, such a big thing for me because I oh. want him, to, yeah, like I, it's like those are the, to me my milestones um, and also just like getting, I don't know, 1% better each day, right? Like I started going to the gym a month, like a few months ago and I'm every single day, five days a week. Like these are little things about that help me navigate this crazy imaginary la music world because it's not real
0: <laughs> no that sounds honestly that's a very healthy mindset first of all very humble but second of all it's nice that like it sounds like you know your music career revolves around the important parts of your life rather than the important parts of your life revolving around your music career which is like the set cent- so the center of your life you know it it shouldn't ever be your career, and that's honestly that's a personal struggle for me. Um, I've always been very career based and career driven, and I know that's a very common feeling. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, what is the most important thing? You know, like though your passions are important, who you want to be, what you love, very important, but the relationships that you foster, the people that you meet, the the memories that you build that are in the presence of those that you love, that is like. Nothing will ever exceed that. And when I say love, of course you can love your fans. I I don't think I've met an artist who doesn't love their fans, but you know, there's different versions of love. And I think that at the end of the day, the people that you truly know, the people who have watched you at your weakest, have watched you grow and have stood by you, that is another form of love that is not comparable. So it's really nice that you're making that the center of your life rather than your music career. Um, Which brings me to You know, your new EP, Garden Statement, a very resonating quote from it, drove across the country, finally found what I was searching. If I did it all again, then I would never leave New Jersey. Explain that because that kind of sounds like a regret.
2: that i thought that getting a deal and getting or actually mostly getting a real job i worked a salary job at a startup before that i worked at a hedge fund and again like i said before that i worked at all these different places from everything you can imagine because all i cared about was um making money right because that's all i cared about when i was like a kid i had none of it um and uh, not that i really have any doubt to be honest um but in that process, I learned that no matter what room you get into, no matter how high, how rich, how whatever, everyone is going through their own struggles. And some, and a lot of those people are, at least my experience has been, they're kind of mean, like, and I think like, it's less about the job itself, and more so what they're dealing with, like each individual person, not all of them are mean, but I don't know, this very macho persona, right? They think Wall Street, right? Like these guys are so like driven, quote unquote. And, you know, um, I think there's a lot of insecurities that come within a lot of things that they deal with that they can't face, right? Um, so it's kind of like being in those environments for someone like me, who I was like, man, none of like, I thought this would solve everything. Um, that's kind of like where that, statement really comes from it's like moving to LA getting the deal getting whatever and then saying wow I was actually happiest when I was just a kid playing football on the front yard lawn and in my neighborhood um yeah
0: so who do you think you would be if music wasn't a part of your life and you know if you could go back and I don't really believe in going back again but like because it sounds regretful but at the same token you know like It it does seem to be something that is on your mind. So if you didn't pursue the music industry, is there something else that you think would keep you more fulfilled?
2: Yeah, I think um, I would probably do something in video editing or um, graphic design. Um, I still do those all the time. Um, It would have to be something creative. If I didn't have an outlet for something that was creative, I would Mm -hmm. probably think... um, (laughs) yeah, that I would have to go to therapy. Um, but, um, because I have that outlet, I've always had that outlet. I felt like that was my therapy and it's always just sort of, um, been the only thing I could rely on to, um, get all of my feelings out. Um, which I say it's like the music, the music part of the industry is the only thing I take seriously. Like that's the only part of the industry that I will never mess around with. Um, regardless of what anyone thinks, but everything outside of it's just like a luxury. Like it's just,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's interesting though, because um, I'm curious as to what propels you forward then knowing how much anxiety the industry gives you and you know, how mean people can be. um, And knowing that the music part is the only part that you take seriously, what motivates you to stay within the music industry as a desirable career?
2: Well, the biggest thing is that um, I want, you know, 12, 13 year old me. I want to find him out there and I want to make sure that, that he also understands that, you know, like I want the kids that really understand that, like none of it is real. And I want to make sure that like I can sort of at least tell my story and like hopefully someone that comes from similar situations that I'm from resonate with it. I always say it's like you could listen to my music and not and you can critique all the melodies, you can critique (laughs) what I'm saying or whatever, but it's the truth, you know? It's like, that's all I'm telling people is the truth. And I think, you know, I discovered my favorite band at 13 years old. It's the reason why I wanted to make music that I discovered that used. Um, And uh, yeah, that's, I wanna be that for someone else. Um, And if I could do that one time, that'd be amazing
0: funny actually on my own by the used is like one of the first songs that I heard in that genre that made me fall in love with like punk pop punk rock like like that atmosphere like the grungier part of music so definitely resonate with you there um but yeah I think you said it best not everything that glitters is gold right um I think that is really a difficult lesson to learn it's really difficult because you know you want to make your 13 year old self proud and my God, that literally makes me want to cry. (laughs) Because like, it's true. You know, we (laughs) grow up like being like, okay, um, I'm an outcast, you know, I don't really fit in anywhere. And, you know, one day I will be there. And like that, the one day was kind of, for me personally, the only string of hope that I had, the fact that one day will come along and that one day I won't be an outcast anymore. And I'll find my place and I'll find who I am, regardless if that's five, 10, 20, 30 years from now, one day still exists and it's still in the making. Um, And honestly, that is still a sentiment that keeps me going. Um, So
1: beautiful.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So I definitely understand, you know, wanting to find your 13 year old self in this chaos and this anarchy and this musical anarchy. Um, So have you had the opportunity to meet your heroes and, you know, like talk with them about their experience?
2: Yeah, it's been really crazy recently. Um, I've been working with um, people that I've literally grown up listening to. And um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't met anyone, I, I've met one person that was formerly in the U's, but not anyone in the U's. But um, other, you know, artists. And there's one particular. I'm not going to mention who he is because that's his story to tell. But I grew up very similar to me. And mm-hmm. before the session, we just talked for three hours just about, oh. like, and I, I would have never known is the thing. Cause like, his band is like massive and doing all the things. And um, we, uh, yeah, we really bonded over that. I think that those are the small things that remind me like, oh, uh, there are, there are so many more people out there and that go through similar situations It doesn't even have to be like, exactly like, oh, you know, poverty or something like that. It could be,
1: yeah.
2: you know, someone lost a parent very early on like that is still so traumatic that's more traumatic than when I because my parents are still together right so it's like there are things that you can't ever compare that's why I always say that you can't compare like it's
1: mm.
2: we all have that that those traumas and all those sorts yeah. of things um, and but there are I would say my favorite people like that I would say are the most successful truly are just have had those sorts of struggles to overcome but like for sure
0: The people in the music industry who are mean, you know, chances are they've probably overcome something themselves and they've probably been through something traumatic because as you know, you and I both know at the end, at the end of the day to create music, it takes a lot of vulnerability. It takes a lot of understanding what you've been through. And like, it's an outlet, you know, you, you take out your anger onto the paper, onto the guitar, onto the piano, whatever it is, that is where the emotions come into play. So like a song. Is more than just words and instruments a song is just like this box of emotions regardless of whether or not you're a mean person that being said of course I, I don't I don't like it when people are mean in the music industry because I think that's like unempathetic you know you're not acknowledging that other people are probably going through the same thing as you are something else something worse something better whatever it is but everyone's going through something um so it's weird to see like which um road people take you know being mean to others or at the end of the day, I guess, being mean to themselves sometimes, mm-hmm. oh, like I read that on Instagram the other day, how when people go through trauma, they go one of two ways, um, taking it out on the world or taking it out on themselves. And I don't think either one of those is right.
2: <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Yeah. And I never heard that before. I think, um, wow, that's, very, that's something I got to think about too, because it's, like <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I feel like um, at some point though, right? Like how you have that one day, it's like you understanding that neither of those are going to be true if there's a you know there's a way to be um there's a way to take that as fuel versus you know projecting it onto other people or yourself where it's like no, this is just like now my gas tanks full like and i'm gonna keep like i'm gonna do exactly what i've set out here to do um really cool quote cool thing
0: being at the top often people think that you got to be cutthroat and you know That's the only way to be at the top, but it's not, oh, anger, fuel. So that's something that it's been a theme in my life. Um, And I think it's been a theme in many people's lives where they use anger as fuel to achieve their goals. Um, But it's only recently that I realized that, you know, when you use anger as a fuel, though it's, it could work out often. I don't know that it's necessarily the healthiest way to achieve something, because again, at the end of the day, you're letting that person who got you angry that situation who got that got you angry to control your success to to um, have ownership over your success so for me personally, it doesn't even feel like it's my success when I use my relationships that I'm angry about to get to where I need to be. That's different from, you know, writing, de- like creating a song because you're expressing the your though, anger. For but sure, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know that it should be like the base, the foundation of being like, oh, I need to be successful to prove you wrong. But that's such a common thing that we see, you know? Yeah,
2: it is. And, you know, at the end of the day it's better on that guitar than someone else oh absolutely So, so it's like um also I don't know like for for me I always think about my biggest my fuel right now has been basically sort of this accumulation of relationships that I've met throughout my life who who I feel like have harmed me or like done me wrong or um, are no longer here they resent me because we grew up together and now they decided to stop making music I try to reach out they they just look at me as like I don't know very complex situations <clears throat> but I basically channel all that into a person like an imaginary person um, and that's sort of how I that's my sort of so if that person which is multiple people <laughs> uh, <laughs> control what ends up happening in music or songs or whatever. It's better that I talk about it in the open versus, you know, like, like I said, channeling that negative energy elsewhere onto yeah. someone else. I'd rather it just be, it's out of me. That's how I think about it. It's, it's out mm-hmm. of me. It's not in me. <laughs> I'm not yeah. keeping it in um that's what's keep me so level-headed and um it's like all right like these things are going to happen if they're they're not going to stop like um people you think are your friends and especially as you're doing things um and it's very hard to s- explain for me sometimes um because i just don't i i i just i used to think like why would that person ever stop talking to like me or something but i fucking get it more than ever now like mm-hmm. as you move out move throughout the industry the conversations that are had without you there about you come back to you and like it's just so I'm like what like I fucking grew up with you dude like I the, these are lies like you know it's like very very that that was like that's the hardest thing for me to take as I've done anything in this industry um or the relationships that I initially had like being in bands, um, with people who ended up just quitting music or just like not pursuing it or like not teaching themselves how to record or write and all that kind of stuff. And like, they see this kid who like me clearly, who just like, just never stopped. And I don't ever stop. I think that's just been instilled in me. I just like to keep going. Um, and seeing the way that my relationships have been like torn because of that, um, very, very weird. Um, but everyone outside of the music industry I'm <laughs> on great terms with. It. So it's just this weird competition thing that like.
0: Really weird, really weird, because I say it all the time. I think that the arts, music, film, entertainment industry, there's literally enough, there's enough space for everyone to be successful, in my opinion. Yes. There, like, no two people are the same. Everyone is like, you know, a snowflake like there's just enough room there no one's better than the other you know someone with three listens on Spotify is just as talented as like Ariana Grande or whatever the hell because you can't compare the two everyone right. has their own thing um it's just one is discovered and the other one isn't yet and that's right that doesn't that's not that doesn't really go hand in hand with success or talent or being good or whatever um but throughout your journey you know has it become really difficult to trust people have do you ever see yourself having a problem with trust
2: um I think I I mean if I'm thinking about it probably yes um I definitely am hesitant I mean I am in like a spot right I'm in LA so it's like just in general like I don't (laughs) like it's just like you know what you're getting into kind of thing so I definitely have my guard up a lot of the time um I think I have a problem with uh, like with being with letting people in too early. Mm. I think that's kind of like my, my downfall of being in LA is that i I feel like I'm for the most part an open book on anything that anyone asks me. And I think sometimes people collect that information and, um, somehow start to use it against you in some sort of way and take it out of context or I think that's something I've really been um struggling with being here um but the people that are closest to me they know me so they're like they never fucking do that or say that ever like it's like those sorts of scenarios I find myself in and also I've only been here three years yeah you know and, and it's so like young. <laughs> thank um. you I'm 31 I don't feel like I'm that young but no.
0: <laughs> Okay, actually this is a topic <laughs> that my friends and I talked about not long ago. You know, growing up we think 30s so old or whatever. It's not. It is really young. Um, you still got a lot you still got a lot ahead of you. Don't you worry. But um yeah. Um, I think that many of the people that are in my circle as well as myself, we all wear our hearts on our sleeves and you know, when you do that, you're prone to getting hurt easily. You're prone to, you know, people taking advantage of you and all. So that's actually a thought that's been on my mind recently. You know, is it good to wear your heart on the sleeve? Or is it bad? Is it worth it? Is it not? Like, especially if it comes naturally, it's, if it's a part of who you are, then, you know, my thought is, of course, keep doing it. Like, that's a beautiful thing. That's a very strong thing to be able to do. But by that same token, you know, the self-protective side of me is like, no, but why would you do that? Because not everyone deserves your heart. So what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: That's, again, a beautiful quote from Angie. Crazy. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
2: but I think, uh, yeah, I think I personally think that if you, if you are someone who just keeps your, your emotions on your sleeve and you are very open, and again, super honest, 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 then you're going to take some L's on the chin if you, as long as you come back up. But at the same time, you're going to basically create or, you know, cultivate this sort of world around you of people that are in the same headspace and who are being that with you. So you can kind of weed out people in the same way. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, the cost of me being open was losing someone who truly doesn't even deserve to be in my life. Um, So it's kind of like that's kind of how I've been thinking about it Mm. uh, recently. So because I feel like a lot of times again, if you're telling the truth, you're, you're, and people, if there there's uncomfortability in the truth, right, so when, when someone doesn't want to open up, or, like, when they, when, when it makes them feel sort of, like, insecure about it, it's because it's tapping into something that is partly true, like, so I think that the more defensive or, or like, you're unable to talk about that, you understand that about yourself, right, where it's, like, mm-hmm. if you hit, you know what i'm trying to say it's kind of like a oh, I do. there's yeah um so the more the people that don't that want to hide that stuff are just gonna project that into their relationship
0: what i'm also gathering from what you're saying is that the inevitable kind of comes with time so if you're not wearing your heart in your sleeve and if you are more guarded that's totally okay as well um You meet people who are the same way, eventually the truth will come out. And if they're a shitty person and undeserving of your heart, they're still going to end up leaving, or you're still going to end up leaving. So, I guess, yeah, wearing your heart on your sleeve does kind of weed the people in and out a little bit faster. And you kind of do figure out who's going to stay and who's going to go, even though that does mean you might fall down a little bit more often, a little bit more times. And with that, you build resilience as well. Falling down is not a bad thing, that's a great thing. You don't build resilience without falling down 100 percent.
2: yes <laughs> Hell yeah that's the cost that, that I'm, I'm willing to pay that every time
0: that's that's a difficult thing to say though that is that's so great um easier said than done obviously and that yeah. takes a lot of strength to do because it is so easy to be like you know what screw this i'm going to be shielded i'm going to be guarded no one deserves me Honestly, that could be the very sentiment that people at the top of the ladder might feel, you know, there's like so many people that know them, so many people who aren't real to them. They might not know what to do other than guard themselves. And that might come off as mean, um, unless they yeah. are just downright mean. So that, that just sucks. And people That's are very true. mean. <laughs> um, true. Yeah. Uh, throughout your journey, though, you oh. mentioned that you don't stop. You like to keep going. You're a go-getter. I feel you. Um, That's really difficult. Entertainment (laughs) Mm -hmm. industry is difficult. Not much money, you know, imposter syndrome, whatever else you might be going through. And in my experience, it also does hinder a lot of, you know, my feelings of anxiety. You know, it does bring up depression again, especially because you build communities of people who are depressed and all of a sudden you're depressed with them. Um, So which is bittersweet. But rest is so important. Recovery. Rest and recovery, yeah, <laughs> charging. How do you rest if you feel the urge to keep going?
2: I um, I try to do things that have nothing to do with music. Um, mm-hmm. I love skating. I love. I have to make sure I go to the gym every day now, every single day for the most part, um, because there's like a, I don't know, there's like a rush to my head <laughs> that says if I can just survive this then nothing will matter today. (laughs) Um, if you're like, that's how hard I try to go in that. And I don't know, that's like, this It might be weird to say, but that's just how I think. Um, I just need to get that, um, release from that. Um, but yeah, doing things outside of music. I know sometimes I don't even want to talk about music or like I talked to my mom, FaceTime. She Mm -hmm. just talks to me about all these shows she's watching and I have not watched (laughs) one, but I just love hearing her just go on about them. Um, just cuz like i don't um i don't know it's just a, it's just like a yeah it's those sorts of things that just get your mind off of it um i i wish i could say i meditate or anything like that but really i find myself a lot of times just like being bored
1: mm-hmm.
2: but really i'm just content right like i'm just like happy to just be with my dogs on the couch like i think like those are the little moments that you don't think about in the time, I actually just wrote a song about that yesterday, oh crazy, literally just yesterday. And I was like, so happy to show people, I I think I got one today. Uh, But yeah, it's like those small moments um, that, learn to appreciate those moments.
0: That's, yeah, definitely. Um, In terms of, how do I rest? Yeah. Oh, I'm still struggling with that. I just don't. <laughs> so burnout so is like hard. a very, very common thing for me, anxiety. And it's, it's difficult and, you know, like pushing myself and forcing myself because when I'm resting, I still feel restless because I'm not doing something. So it's, it's still difficult. I don't really watch TV. Um, I like to cook with my friend. That's something that like, I, you know, turn to, but I was going to mention escapism and going to the gym is a huge form of escaping. So um, a little bit about myself, it's something that I'm quite open about now, but a couple of years ago, so I deal with eating disorders and a couple of years ago, you know, I really hit the gym and I started going to the gym every single day for like five hours at a time. And it seemed healthy. It looked healthy. You know, you're going to the gym, so no one could say it's unhealthy. And I like really, really got so consumed with it. And that is a form of purging, Um, just like generally. Anything, you know, people who are depressed often turn to sleeping as their form of escapism and oversleeping also not a great practice. So anything that you overdo, even though it might seem seemingly healthy, not is not necessarily because if you're constantly escaping, you're constantly escaping. You're not living in this moment anymore. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's a scary thought because I love writing music. I love creating music, but sometimes even escaping into music can be mm-hmm. dangerous because you're no longer living in your moment you're living in this musical realm where you're reliving your traumas or living in a fantasy future and whatever else and you're constantly turning to music 24 7 because you don't want to face this moment in this current life so you know escapism is a tricky topic for me because it's difficult that line is so easily blurred you know
2: I, yeah, you're right and I think um yeah, I think, like, the only way to truly, right, if you're gonna, if you're gonna talk about escapism in that way, then it's, like, the only real thing to be able to do is to sit with your thoughts and be okay with it, and it's, like, if, and that's why, I, th- I, I like, I used to meditate, I don't meditate anymore, really, um, but if you can just have a calm mind, then you don't need to escape, but I think that let's say for our personality types, we always just feel like we need to be doing something or we're not being productive or we're not advancing our career or we're not. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, there's like this famous like um, quote about like Warren Buffett, like he obviously crazy investor, billionaire, and he still drinks like a a Coke every day or something like multiple (laughs) Cokes every day. And people are like, it's so bad for you. And it's like, that's his form of like rest you know what I mean it's like yeah. and it's better than doing like a hard drug or something you know what I'm trying to say so it's oh, like yeah. I think like I don't know I think it's finding whatever that is for every person and it might be I don't know um something to think about right like I suck at skating but like <laughs> I feel I don't have any worries when I'm <laughs> by myself at this random parking lot skating. I'm like, I don't have to think about anybody or anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes
2: escape isn't as nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think it's like really important for people to have an outlet to escape to. And I mean, you love learning. So it sounds like, you know, when you're not really good at skating, it's something that you feel propelled to learn just because you like learning. Um, But that being said, in terms of rest, I think that one big, and this kind of circles back around to an earlier topic that we were talking about, in terms of relationships and anger. Um, So one way in which I'm restless is because I am very career driven and, you know, I really have my goals and I think goals are overrated, okay? Have your goals, but like, (laughs) when they become the center of your life, that's just not good anymore. And I I know that because that is what happened to me. So, you know, make your goals, don't make them your entire life. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I realized that, you know, this, drive for success came out of anger with a person in my life and I kept on telling myself you know what like I'm not going to do this to prove him wrong I'm not going to do this because out of anger anything in my core I still was so it wasn't until I had to confront that person and you know go over all the nitty-gritty ugly feelings you know tell them how I felt tell them you know This is, this is what happened. Like, let's talk about this. What did you mean and stuff? And whether or not the outcome was good of that conversation, I think that that allowed me to just recently. So this happened like several weeks ago, but that confrontation. Thank you. (laughs) That confrontation is what allowed me to rest. So circling back to your conversation about channeling this anchor into this imaginary person, I'm curious if you're able to confront this imaginary person through your music and if that'll give you that same sense of letting it go.
2: Um, I would say yes, like right off the bat, um, I'm able to sort of, um, I don't know, I think like relationships are very complex. Like it's like one of those things where um sometimes you feel like you didn't do anything wrong they feel like they didn't do anything wrong and just there's people outgrow each other right Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things um that I've also just learned that that just happens like people just gravitate to other sorts of groups or common interests and all those sorts of things and you're like oh why isn't my friend talking to me anymore as much or those texts come from every week to every month and then and so on so um Yeah, it's just like, um, I feel like by being able to have someone to confront, right? um, I'm able to say exactly what I think in that moment through the song and then it's over. And then it's like, okay, like I've I've got that off my chest.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like writing a letter to an imaginary person and then tearing that letter up.
2: Yes, exactly. Or writing an angry email and then erasing it and saying, sure, I'll
0: do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great fact. Again, even whatever allows you to, you know, if it's not out, it's in. So whatever allows you to let those emotions go and leave them in the past, I think it's different for everyone, but whatever it is, it's a great practice. Um, so before we wrap up, though, I do want to talk about before the internet a little bit more, uh, because it's, I don't know. I just I love all the songs from it and it each one of them just like hits home every single time. Uh, awesome. So you. I would love to hear, you know, why did you call it before the internet and what was going through like how did you write this music? What was going through your mind?
2: Yeah, so um obviously as like the TikTok era, um <laughs> as like kind of like taking control of the industry at this point. Um, uh, but I feel like it really it hasn't it like it's the now right like there was vine there was myspace there's Mm -hmm. all of these different things and i think that what has been sort of like alarming to me is that um i remember on myspace being a teenager and i would see someone with ten thousand friends and i'd be like they are rich and famous and like i (laughs) i can't believe it like and you don't you don't necessarily know there was like social media was like pretty new so you just thought everyone was killing it who um and I think that is, for some reason, alarming to me because it's still that way in the TikTok game. And I don't think that, I think these kids are growing up with the TikTok influencers and they're thinking like a lot. And a lot of them are crushing it, don't get me wrong. They're, but it's not as many as you would think. And all there's all these other factors, right? Like how people grow up and all that kind of stuff that kind of mess with you. So the only thing about... Um well I guess like before the internet, I wasn't really talking about the internet at all. Like I I was basically trying to just chase the feelings of how I did before we were all expected to sort of become these brands, media companies, and all these these content. Mm-hmm. We're all supposed to be a media company. We're like people. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like we're constantly we're supposed-
0: selling
2: ourselves. <laughs> just like so ridiculous and like not just like, yeah. So that's basically what I wrote it about.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. And like, honestly, I don't really remember a time before the internet. (laughs) I remember Vine. I remember MySpace. (laughs) I have two older (laughs) sisters. I'm 23. Um, So MySpace was kind of dying off by the time I came around to it. But, um, you know, I remember my first iPod shuffle and downloading songs from like LimeWire and stuff. I don't think that the world has ever been so in the internet as they are now, even though the internet existed and there was still those social media outlets. So it's weird that now we kind of are so dependent on it. I'm curious as to where that line, where we crossed that line, like why did we become so addicted to the internet knowing that there was still social media before, there was still all these different websites to visit. You know, I remember coming home from school every day and talking to my friends on MSN like but even then even talking to my friends on MSN it wasn't like it was now we still see each other all the time so
2: and you hit it on the head it's like more so about it's not necessarily the project isn't about the internet really it's about having those emotions and Mm -hmm. real conversations with the people like I always say it's like discovering your favorite band for the first time is literally mm-hmm. a high that you can never replace right
0: that's or <laughs> making
2: making a new friend like a high you can never replace um and that's literally all I was chasing writing those songs was like you know, is it giving me that feeling of you know I have the use to add it on my arm
0: oh, um, nice.
2: because it's the only band that got me into all of this stuff so it's a uh, their net's here it's always going to be here um I just think that I do and you remember a time too, not necessarily but before the let's I'll say the TikTok era um, of connecting. And I think everyone will always go through that. It's not like a internet so bad. There's a lot of ton of good things that come from the internet yeah. too. But it's just being, I think the internet distracts us from like, like all of the good like yeah. interactions and real life things that people go through.
0: Yeah. And I think your album, you know. Oh, you said it's so beautifully discovering a new band or a new song or you know making a new friend a long-term friend or like meeting someone that you just know your soul was meant to cross cross paths with like those are all such beautiful feelings that the internet cannot ever steal literally no matter how consumed we are that will never be taken away yeah. and I think that to put that feeling into music I mean I just already know that when people listen to that song it'll be like it, you'll recreate that feeling for them because they're going to be like oh my god like I discovered a song that I really like that I really resonate with it's like meeting a new friend it's like making a new connection because music is so vulnerable so you're constantly making connections with people you don't even know I mean look at the connection that you built with the used and you know you didn't even know them and you you built such a strong vulnerable deep connection without even ever having to talk to them I think that is so beautiful about music
2: that's, and you can't replace it. Yeah, it's um, you, know, you hit it on that. I don't know. Like <laughs> it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because you know it's like um, that's what life's about: chasing those
0: feelings. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it sucks when you're too consumed with internet and you know you're scrolling through TikTok eight hours a day. Um, in that case, I mean, I would highly recommend that you put the phone down. But easier said than done, mm-hmm. of course our mental health consumes us, you know, especially during a pandemic, that was like really hard. Um, but that being said, nothing will replace those feelings and, you know, pushing yourself to get out of bed, get off your phone. Those feelings are always going to be worth it. Um, but yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to mention anything that, you know, your fans that are listening to this, is there anything that they should know before we wrap up?
2: Um, I'm probably the worst at these things, but I just (laughs) wanted to tell you, thank you so much for taking the time, um, reaching out. And um, I love everything that you're doing and what you're about. Keep going. Um, For anyone listening, um, I think that the only thing I could really say is just like, continue to find who you are and be that in the world and not anything else.
0: Beautiful. Being authentic is difficult, but it's worth it. (laughs) being Three. yourself oh thank you and thank you so much for being here I really love the insights you had to share I just I can't wait to see where else you go and I hope that I get to um get to you know re-interview one, you one day and love see your that. progress
2: would absolutely love that and you gotta come to the
0: show oh my god yeah <laughs> I would I literally would ugh. Concerts take all my money, it's so bad. Like, I will be broke for concerts because it's just like feeling the music in your veins. Oh, nothing I'm the same way, to
2: it. same exact way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I live in Toronto, but if you ever enter Toronto, I will gladly come out and support you. I would love to,
2: would love for you to be there.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. All right, have a really good day. Okay,
2: you too. I'll see you. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for
0: listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at Music Mentality with Angie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.